Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Brushstrokes, a podcast powered by Canvas Magazine. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by my friends at America's Print Show 2024. They will once again partner with industry manufacturers, associations, industry influencers, printers, you name it. They're bringing in the who's who to Cleveland, Ohio, specifically on Wednesday, May 8th and Thursday, May 9th, 2024 at the Huntington Convention Center of Cleveland, Ohio. I have told you this before, America's Print Show is dedicated to reinventing our industry's trade show. They are focused on creating a level of intimacy that has been missing and talking about the most compelling and emerging trends in our industry. Things like AI, right? How is that affecting our business? Along with the disruptive technologies on the production side. They've got some amazing vendors already signed up. The lineup of content is better than anything you've seen, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I expect to see you there. I will be there. You need to visit americasprintshow.com to learn more. Now, on to my guest today, who is actually going to be a part of America's Print Show, and his name is Travis Malakar, and he is the president of Millcraft. And if you know anything about uh, Millcraft, you know that they are a fourth-generation family-owned paper company. And I think it's super compelling because they have stood the test of time. And if you listen to Travis, you'll hear why. It, it really goes down to the core of what our industry is all about. He talks specifically about relationships. He talks specifically about doing the right thing. It's really refreshing to hear Travis speak. This company, Millcraft, was founded all the way back in 1920. They're actually headquartered in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And like I said, a family-owned merchant that they, they've served, paper, packaging, graphic arts industry. But they, they have a national customer base and they have been dedicated to the commercial printing and office papers uh, business for, for a very long time. But what really makes them stand out is that mantra of family-owned. It's kind of a lost art in this day and age. And like I said, I, I was super refreshed to talk to Travis. So I, I think you'll get a kick out of my conversation. He does talk a little bit about last year's moratoriums on the paper and how it's a complete opposite this year. I know you guys are going through some of that, but I think his guiding principles are also lessons for us as we navigate the tumultuous waters of uh, of the world. So without further ado, why don't you give my uh, conversation with Travis Malakar a, uh, a quick quick review. What's the view from a paper distribution business today in 2023? How, how is it a little bit different than last year? Last year's view had to be like my head spinning kind of, right? Yeah, last year's view was, you know, you went from a world where there just wasn't enough to satisfy, you know, the needs or the demands of customers. 
And and it was interesting because at least for Millcraft, you know, as a family business, we kind of view that our job is to help our customers grow their business. And so when all of a sudden you're not able to throw enough fuel on the fire to keep them growing and you realize that they're losing out on opportunities because you don't have a supply base, uh, you know, it's a difficult proposition. So you're scrambling to figure out how can you keep these businesses going and and make sure that they can grow the way that they need and want to. And, you know, we come off of that and I think there was a lot of panic buying and there was a lot of people scrambling to get tons because they thought it would guarantee them print jobs. Um, and while well, all that's happening, I think what was really happening underneath that none of us saw was an economy that was, you know, slowing down, interest rates are rising, a lot of uncertainty, people start pulling back. And I think you saw demand now this year plummet. And so all of a sudden you got interest rates are up. Printers are sitting on mounds of inventory that, you know, they didn't have before. They all of a sudden realize, well, we don't want to pay interest on this stuff. Um, and so, you know, it's it's crammed in every nook and cranny of their building or in third party warehouses that they're paying for. So ordering stops and demand plummet uh, as people are working their way through their balance sheet. And, and it's worse down the chain. So the printers have cut back on what they're buying from a merchant. A merchant's overstocked, so we stop buying. And, you know, the the mills then and the manufacturers are left in a situation where they really get no orders. Um, and so they've gone, you know, many of them are down operating at 50% operating rates, which are worse than is of COVID. Um, you know, some of the manufacturers have taken more downtime just this year so far than they have in years combined. Uh, wow, I didn't know. I did not know that. Yeah, it's really a dire situation for the mills right now. Uh, they are looking along um, at a you know a very very difficult uh, pace, and you know I think the concern that we have is, as you and I were talking kind of offline, is, you know, as emergents, you're sandwiched between everybody, right? We've got the manufacturers and we're trying to make sure that we're, you know, responsible for them and, you know, allowing them to have a, a certain market position and helping them connect with customers. And then you got customers and they're in a challenging environment where postage increases are going up. You know, there's lots of cost increases in print. And so they're trying to figure out how do we bring the price of paper down? Manufacturers are saying, well, we're taking all this downtime. And if the price of paper falls, um, you know, it's an exponential hit for us. And they won't make it. There will be some that will just shut their doors and we'll see more machine closures or conversions. And long term, I don't think that's a good thing for our industry. Um, I mean, a, a shrinking supply base is a big challenge. And we saw what happened last year when, you know, you don't have enough domestic supply and you've got to rely on imports. And so there's a balancing act that we've got to figure out as a as an industry, you know, where do we strike that balance so that, you know, everybody can survive and be a, a long-term sustainable player. So it's an interesting area. Is this... Uh, yeah, I mean, it really is because, you know, having history in that world and looking back, I, I uh, you know, like you talk about moratorium allocation, I remember way back in the day, you know, that didn't, that, 
was a long time for that to come around. So last year was nuts, right? And 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 prices skyrocketing, and 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 so you've got a lot of people that probably don't even have a lot of history dealing with all that stuff. I mean, there wasn't so-called experts in that. So in and printers, like you said, kind of stocking up and and. So are you having those conversations with the leaders of these manufacturers? Do you have conversations on both sides? I mean, is there a lot of powwows about this to say, you know, because it's one thing to say we should we should really talk and figure out what we're doing for, as an industry collectively. And that's another thing to actually do it. Yeah, I mean, we certainly have the conversations. I think that, you know, what we've seen is, Lots of people have short memories. And so I think that the manufacturers last year had short memories of, you know, kind of how how the business has been uh, previously over the last decade and, you know, their desire to get additional tons. And, you know, we saw this massive price increase and they thought that was never going to end. And we kept saying, you know, this too shall change. Um, and on the customer side, you know, last year, you know, you had a lot of people scrambling for additional tons and they were excited to get it. Now this year, you've got some slack in the chain. You've got a lot less uh, demand out there, certainly a lot more supply than we have demand. So prices, in some cases, there's some opportunity for lower prices and you got people jumping for a low price. And at some point, you know, all of this is going to I don't know, come to fruition or, or come to roost. And we're going to have to wrestle with, you know, how do people take a long-term view and not just jump at the opportunity that today offers, but, you know, what's right over the next two and three and four years? Um, I mean, that's a, that's a big question that goes beyond the paper industry. Right. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that we have, I don't think we have leadership in general that is asking those questions. You know, it, I, I, I've used the analogy so many times, it's probably getting a little bit old, but if you ever remember the first Jurassic Park where um, Jeff Goldblum is the, the scientist and the, and the old Colonel Sanders looking guy says to him, well, what do you think? And he says, you know, you're, you're so busy asking how we do this, that you never step back and asked if you should. Yep. Right. And so we, we get into this progress. And so it's, it's, that's akin to these paper companies at some point going, well, wait a minute, right. You know, we need to be thinking and, and, and not just them, but collectively, are we thinking about this? I, I worry about our industry in general on multiple levels. One, it's so it's our, our industry is amazing. And, and with the digital fatigue in the world, the, the constant digital technology, and you can't stand out digitally, right? I mean, it's, it's a blink of an eye. It's, it's, you and I could delete a million emails in a few seconds. Print really has, I was just done, we, just before we started this cast, I, I was talking to somebody about the, the value of print, the ROI of print. But collective, we all we all need to kind of embrace that. And I I, I wonder. So when you talk to all these other leaders, do, are they do they share in that 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 concern that we're not doing enough to say, you know, our industry is unbelievably positive 
for anybody marketing. So we need to think about our long-term sustainability. Do you have any of that going? I certainly think the industry, to your point, the industry's got a great story to tell from a sustainability perspective. I think we all recognize that. I think the question that we've got to get our, our hands around, um, it's the same question that everybody is. What's the right price, right? And the right price is not always the lowest price. Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't a graphic communications comment. This is a, well, this is a global comment. You know, what's the, we all want lower gas prices, but is that the right price, right? At what point do we have to accept the fact that there are decisions and choices that have costs and those costs need to be factored into those decisions and choices. And, you know, you can talk about that again, not to be political, but you can talk about that in terms of the greenhouse gas discussion and, and what are we doing to the environment? Um, but you can also do that on the sustainability of your partners. I mean, at what point do we all drive down either the value of print or drive up the cost of postage to the point that it's not sustainable? Um, at what point do we drive down how much we're willing to pay for a printed piece to the point that a printer can no longer make money and make investments in new technology and the things coming out? Um, and, and I think that that's the question that folks need to start you know, in society asking, what's the right price? What's the right value? Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. Lowest. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And I, because it is hard, right? You, because then you become a little bit of Don Quixote fighting windmills. And, 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 you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. But we live in this world where, you know, few of us can sit there and go, oh, what is the right price or what is the right way? But the cat's out of the bag, right? I mean, it's this momentum that's going on and, and how, how do you do that? And, and uh, I worry that the, there's a bigger issue in terms of just taking the human humanness out of stuff. Oh, yeah. So if everything goes digital, if everything is going to the lowest common denominator, then we're literally taking away what makes us unique Right. And it, I mean, it's, I, I don't mean it. Like, I don't want to get too philosophical, but but on some level, our industry does have just the haptic nature of print in general. It connects to the the sense that we interpret the world the most through, which is feel. And and to take away that is there's a bigger issue. So you're you're you guys Everybody's oh, a paper company. No, they're dealing with some major stuff, and their questions amplified are what the world are, are should be talking about. Don't you think? So, I mean, you raise. I mean, the point that you raise, which is a great one, is, and I go back to you know the value of print, right? And somebody said the other day, you know, a stamp is up to sixty six cents, right? Okay, you know that seems like a lot of money until you watch somebody sit down with the mail. And grab a piece of mail that's handwritten, open it up, and realize that it's a card from a worker or a friend or a family member, and it's a handwritten note. And you watch their body language change. You watch their emotion change. That communication is at a whole nother level than going through a hundred emails and saying, okay, 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 delete. Um, you know, it is the haptic piece. It's watching people 
go through their mail and you know maybe they're tossing in the trash and all of a sudden they grab a piece with soft touch aqueous coating and you watch them stop and feel it and flip it over that's slowing our world down it's us taking a moment to recognize what's going on and that's the true value that i think our industry brings to the table yeah i i couldn't agree more and and you know we're not doing enough to to trumpet that and there's multiple levels we're not bringing enough uh people in that's been a, that's been we've been talking about that for decades we're not bringing enough young people in and everybody looks at this industry and and then when we we talk about um anytime we talk about paper for example we talk about oh the sustainability of forests it's a heart we're harvesting you know the problem with that is it's defense it's almost like the it's like the got milk campaign right you 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 sit there and you go you're pushing milk well you were never going to compete with all these monster drinks and red bulls and all i mean they they're coming and it is what it is so why talk defense why talk about why defend the things that you're projecting onto the world oh they think paper is is bad right but but that conversation is wrong for our industry because no matter what, it's already from a defensive posture. When what you were talking about earlier is the ROI of print. And and I still believe that people want to do business with people that they have a relationship with, that they feel some sort of connection with, that they make think better, make them think better. And and I just to me it's frustrating because you look at this world that's going down this really antiseptic pond and what everything's going digital and you and you're going but i still want to buy from people i like i want to be able to talk to them in our industry that's kind of the cornerstone and so uh, i imagine your your set your sales people are um still still take pride in the fact that they have real relationships right Oh, there's no question. I mean, you know, for a lot of our folks, they've been doing this, you know, 30, 40 years. We just retired somebody who's been doing it for 50 years. And they've been, you know, they've worked with three generations of my family. And I talked to one of his customers at, at his retirement, and he had called on three generations of his family at that customer. And, you know, so those relationships are, are still incredibly important. And, you know, I think we're, you talk about being defensive for an industry. Now, to me, you're right. We should be out singing the praises of our industry. And I don't know why we have it. I don't know if it's, you know, as the industry is changing, um, that we haven't been able to see through where the evolutionary curve is going. But you think about this industry, if I'm a young person coming into any industry, this is the industry I want. It's one of the largest manufacturing industries that's out there. It's graphic design. You know, it's tangible. You look at it and you think about all the technology the printers are using today, whether it's, you know, um, digital technology that allows them to get into database models or web to print solutions or following up with QR codes and doing statistical research and analysis of how well different campaigns work and why and A and B testing on this substrate or that substrate, this color profile versus that. 
the whole idea that you can be involved in communicating and building a brand and bringing that to life, not just on screen, but you know, true physical, tangible form. Why wouldn't you want to be in that? If you're a gearhead, you could want to press. You know, I mean, there's so many things to do in our industry, and it's still an industry that people matter and relationships matter. And yeah, that are industry. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would, I'm with you. That it needs to happen. It can't be just two guys talking. There needs to be conversation around some some initiative, and it, it and it's not some broad based. You know, let's go to the masses and because we the, the industry's kind of done some of that. It's got to be the grassroots stuff, and it even has to go down to the conversations that your sellers, um, your marketers, your, your the print sellers, print marketers. There has to be a a deeper conversation a, about that. Maybe maybe there's some stuff going on, but you can't you can't go to the out to the masses and broadcast that. I mean, you really got to start with the grassroots kind of stuff, which, you know, our industry is all about. Let me, let me switch gears on you and talk about, so t- talk about Millcraft's longevity. I mean, obviously generations of, of, you know, there's beauty in that family structure. There, there really is. And it's a lost, unfortunately it's a lost art in our world these days. But if you had to kind of say, how the hell have you guys kind of continued to to thrive over the years? What 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 kind of philosophies are at the core of that? No, I, it's a great question, and and I think it's the one that everybody wonders: what is the magic sauce? How do you? I mean, we're fourth generation, hundred and two year old business. Now, how do you get there? And mm-hmm. I think it goes to you know one simple thing, and it's we take the long term approach. You know, it, it's not, we're not worried about what our, you know, performance looks like today or this quarter. We care about what's our performance look like over the course of a relationship. What's the lifetime value of a particular customer or supplier or partner? And I think staying focused on that aspect and, and really recognizing that you know, uh, lots of things change. I mean, our business today is much different than it was in 1975 and certainly, you know, different than it was in 1921 when we opened up as our wedding, uh, you know, wedding invitation and stationary company. That's all we were. We opened up, we had one line, Strathmore. Um, we're a very different company today. But one thing that hasn't changed is valuing people, relationships, and taking the long-term approach. And you do that and you don't cut corners, you know, you can develop a, a solid foundation where people grow to rely on you. Um, and I hope that that's kind of been our, our, you know, our magic sauce that's kept us around for as long as we've been here. Do you think that those that have, because there's been the merchant distribution business, in, uh, certainly in the paper side, is the number of players have shrunk over years i mean do you do you feel those that are gone or who have struggled um have tried to cut those corners the mistakes they made were completely opposite of of what you guys have done so i think that the mistakes you make are when the business evolves around you are you evolving as well and there's no question you know when i got involved in the business 
you know, I've been here 21 years, but even before that as a kid, um, our value proposition was we represented certain paper mills. And the mills that we represented were very different than some of our competitors who existed at the day. So your background, you were at Fox River. So we were a Fox River merchant. And we might have brought Fox River to the table when another merchant had, you know, Gilbert or they had, you know, a different mill. And so if I'm a printer, I had to work with many different merchants just to be able to understand what are all the competitive options that are available. Well, mm-hmm. as the number of paper mills has consolidated. What happens now is many merchants um, carry a significant portion of you know, all the franchises and, and manufacturers that are available. And so now you don't really have to go to merchants to test pricing on different grades. One merchant can do that for you across, you know, not only North American made grades, but also those made overseas, whether it's Europe, South America, or, or Asia. And so that value proposition of bringing different, you know, different paper mills to the table is totally different today. Now it's about... How can I be more efficient? How can I recognize that you as a printer are probably struggling with employment and the number of people that you have in your organization and how do you make them as efficient and effective as possible? And so it's, how do we reduce data entry for you? How do we make it easier for your material handling process? How do we get involved in your lean workflows to make sure that we're part of the solution, not part of the problem? And so I, I think it's developing a, a value proposition that's, that's different today as a partner than it was 30 years ago when the value we brought were different supply options. Yeah. Well, that's that's the that's the world, right? I mean, the, the, the whole, we, we've moved, I mean, the industrial age is long gone, right? It gave way to the information age, and you could ar- argue that the information age is over. I mean, that we're in something different, and we're and and the life cycle curves of these ages are all shorter, and so there be it's all about you know it used to be here's what I did, right? I I I built this. This is how I define myself. My product was X, and so that, like you said, no longer exists, and. I remember thinking to myself, you've got these bigger organizations that are making all these decisions in the boardrooms and, you know, there's no one listening to the client and there's no, right. And so, you know, family owned, intimate, um, there's something to be said for that. And even in 2023, you guys have the ability to, your relationships allow you to listen. And so now you are talking about, yeah, I can get you the supply. Let's not worry about that. We got to talk about so much, so much more. And, and it sounds like, I mean, you, it's interesting to hear paper merchant talking about, look, you know, I know my printers deal with staffing issues and, and which they all were right. And so it's really refreshing that you guys are taking that time to, to listen to them and say, look, we can. You know, we are, it sounds like what you're telling me is your purpose is, is them, right? It's, no it's, it's, and I think a lot of places have, have lost that. Yeah. My, my dad used to tell me that, uh, you know, he's, he said to me, he goes, just remember, you're not a distributor. 
A distributor takes something and pushes it into the market. So you're a merchant. Go to the customers. Find out what they need. Then go find it. And so the wonderful thing for us and our business is everyone worries like, what's the future going to look like? And how do we need to change our business to be of value? And I said that the future is fantastic. And if you want to know what it looks like, go talk to your customers. How are you changing your business? What does that look like? Where are you investing? Oh, you're getting into inkjet technology or you're getting into packaging or you're looking at, you know, dye sublimation and getting into apparel decorating. Fantastic. How can we be part of that? What, where do you see challenges? Do I need to hire people on our staff who are structural engineers or who truly understand packaging design so that you have additional resources to help you as you evolve your print company? Or if you're getting into, you know, leveraging inkjet technology to get into, you know, whether it's uh, an inkjet web and digital technology, how can we help with that? Or if it's developing technological solutions, do we need more, you know, uh, coders on staff and developers so that we can develop APIs to integrate our systems together? Or do I need people selling equipment that can help you choose where best to make your CapEx investments and making sure that you've got a partner that's, you know, able to support that with tech support and service and next day availability on what you need. And so that to me is exciting. Yeah, that is really, I, it, and, and so you're, you've done that. So you, you, I mean, in terms of your offering, um, because I, I used to say that the warehouse doesn't necessarily discriminate. But you got to know, right? I mean, you got to understand what they're what they're needing, and and so, uh, well, um, I think it's so fun and refreshing to talk to you, and and you know, but you we but at the same time, we need more of this. We need to collectively get more of this. Let me let me let me uh, finish up with and say so. Let's let's um, let's let's um, crystal ball. What do you see, um, you know, you're listening to the clients, you've obviously adapted, but any forecasts you see with thinking of them and what you, from your perspective, what you see on the horizon for, for them and you? Yeah, so we believe that you have to become hyper-focused on the customer. What are all the things that our customers need and want? And then how do we make sure that we can deliver those? And that, you know, that's from paper, whether it's offset or, you know, web, sheet, you know, web or sheets, whether it's digital um, to packaging grades to many of our printers are in fulfillment businesses. So what can we do, not just on corrugated and tape and those types of things, but also material handling equipment. Do we need tech support staff to be able to support them in that area? Do we need to expand our warehouses to help them with overflow space uh, to support their growth? So I think you've got to really look at your customers and completely re-engineer your business around that. And then we believe that technology is going to be a huge differentiator in the future. As our SKU, you know, have proliferated in terms of what we stock, I mean, we sell 35,000 different SKUs right now. In a business where... 70% of our orders come in between two o'clock and five o'clock today, and they need to be delivered tomorrow. 
how do you manage that? And this AI explosion is exciting because I think that integrating that technology will allow us to service people better, particularly as we're dealing with a supply base that it's ever changing and you know, decreasing domestic supply, increasing imports. How do you manage, you know, a six month supply chain coming in for next day availability? And so mm-hmm. you're going to see, I think, huge investments in the IT infrastructure for the partners that are going to be able to truly support businesses going forward. And, you know, how do we streamline the entire channel? And, um, I think that's my crystal ball of how we're going to redefine things. We're, people are no longer going to be a customer or a supplier. You're going to be partners. And I'll take yeah. this portion of it. You'll take this portion. But, you know, look, my success only exists if you continue to grow your business. And you yeah. find yourself with the people that are doing that. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I mean, Travis, I, I, I really, it's refreshing and and because a lot of people look at AI and, 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 uh, they're fearful. I'm actually, I'm headed to Cleveland next week to, for this marketing AI conference. And, and, uh, um, because I'm not just, you know, let's embrace it. Right. We've, we've, I mean, think about Millcraft, think about the industry and all the people decades ago, we're talking about, we're going to be in a paperless society. It's all digital. It's all social. And, and I don't know, we'll keep going. And like you said, there's, there's some real value in doing stuff in, in, in print and, um, and, but you have to have this positive push forward mentality and, and, uh, and that's really refreshing. Let me ask you before I let you go. So do you guys still, I know, I know Terry. So do you, are you still doing stuff and do you partner with printers beyond upstream? Are you still doing spec work? Are you still going up into the brand owners and the marketers and saying, you know, you really need to look at your marketing supply chain and we can talk, well, let's have a conversation. And are, are you doing that? And are you having any success with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, do it all the time. It's a different conversation. You know, today it's around ESG. It's around the environmental platform of the suppliers. It's around carbon footprints. It's around, you know, are there alternative substrates to go to that are a little lighter and that can reduce postage costs. Um, you know, so that there's a lot of that. It's it's doing due diligence on suppliers and talking about, you know, what does their energy platform look like? How can a brand owner incorporate the sustainability initiatives of a manufacturer into the ESG initiatives that they have at that brand level? Um, and so I think they're deeper, better business conversations than some of the design work that it used to be. That's still part of it uh, and still incredibly important. But today, I think we have to bring brands to life in a much more thoughtful, deeper, holistic approach than maybe we did in the past. Yeah. Yeah, that's great to hear. I, I do some work in, in, the, in the higher education segment and, you know, talking with them, they're all looking at their vendors, right? And, and there are all these, certainly ESG is, at the, is there at the top, you know, but little DEI as well now, and they're all looking back and they're all saying, look, we, we're aligned in this supply chain with people. And, and so, um, which 
underscores what you were talking about earlier is that relationships are still important. Like you got to have those conversations and you can't make those adaptations unless you're having those conversations. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's super cool. Well, um, listen, I, I just can't thank you enough. I I'm thrilled that you, you, uh, spent some time with me and, and, um, we need to do it again because I think your, your message, your, your whole, um, mantra is a little infectious and we need to, we, you know, we need to, we need more of this in the industry. Don't you think? Absolutely. Well, Mark, look, love talking to you and, and been a big fan for a long time. So, I mean, I'm humbled to be, you know, here, uh, talking to you. So just thank you for making it. Well, I'm not far, I'm in Pittsburgh, so I'll come to see you. And, um, at the same time, we'll be seeing each other certainly at the America's print show. And, uh, you know, we'll get, uh, we'll get together with Jim and, you know, grab a beer with him. And, and, uh, um, I'd love to, we, we need to steal away and just talk around some of these ideas. All right. Cool. For sure. Okay. Excellent. Travis has been great, man. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Travis Malakar. I thought you would really get a kick out of it. It's refreshing, right, in this day and age to hear someone talk about relationships and doing the right thing and maybe a bigger picture of it all. Uh, it's also kind of fun to remind everybody the power of print and the fact that we collectively need to go tell the world that the ROI of print is enormous, that we suffer from digital fatigue, that if you really want to stand out, go design something and print it and embellish it and, and make yourself stand up. Tell the world through print that you actually care. I think that was super, super cool to talk to him. And, I, and my thanks to Travis. I just, I can't thank him enough. And, and we'll look forward to seeing him in in Cleveland on uh, May 8th and May 9th, 2024 at America's Print Show. My reminder to you that this episode of Brushstrokes was brought to you by America's Print Show and they are once again going to parlay the success they had in August 2022 into this event in 2024. It is May 8th, May 9th, 2024 at the Huntington Convention Center of Cleveland, Ohio. Go to americasprintshow.com to learn more. My thanks to them. My thanks to all of you for once again listening. I, I really appreciate it. Canvas is always dedicated to bringing the most compelling content in the industry. You know, we have been overwhelmed with people who have said over the last 15, 16 years that Canvas Magazine is the best of the best that we write the stuff that matters. And we've actually taken the opportunity to design a magazine that we hope lets you know that we care. And so I'm really, really appreciative of it. And um, sometimes pinch myself that it's uh, it's done so well. So again, my thanks to you. Uh, we look forward to the next episode of Brushstrokes. And until then, be the buffalo. Take care.